out there in podcast land, you have set your dial to Combat Sports with Rhino, also known as CSWR, episode 26. We're going to call this episode 26 Gray Maynard because he is our special guest today who goes 10 rounds with Rhino. If you don't know Gray Maynard, you haven't watched the UFC for more than the last few months. Uh, he is a all-time great 155er, still going strong, tough alum. I don't have enough nice things to say about the guy. Check out his interview later. So our schedule for today is we're going to break down last night's amazing UFC 250 from the Apex Center. Uh, One time only, we're going to have Rhino's drop of the night, which is actually vicariously Drea's drop of the night uh, because Drea will not be joining us today. She has another family obligation to uh, to do today. The uh, In honor of Drea, we'll still carry on the Drea's drop of the night. We've got some Twitter and voice questions for you with our fan Q&A section. I got my picks for next week's UFC fight night, Calvillo versus I. And then, of course, I've, I didn't I didn't bury the lead for a while. We've got Gray Maynard, former UFC 155-er, now a free agent. You'll hear all about that and more in his 10 rounds of Rhino. So let's go ahead and dive right in, as we love to say at CSWR, to last night's prelims, which I actually did really well. I picked terribly last week, but... This week I was I was on point both on the prelims and the main card. So we had our uh, catch weight with Evan Dunham versus uh, Herbert Burns. Herbert Burns made very quick work of the uh, we'll call him a wily veteran Evan Dunham, who also gets mentioned in the interview later uh, with a first round rear naked choke. Herbert Burns, uh, brother of Gilbert Burns, took him down. Just choked him out, dude. There was no no way around it. Uh, next we had the light heavyweight division. We had Alonzo Menafield, who was coming in undefeated against Devin Clark. Uh, this one featured a lot of clinching, right? Devin Clark did a good job of avoiding the huge power that Alonzo Menafield has in his hands, except for one quick burst in the beginning. Uh, closed the distance, clinched a lot, landed a lot of inside leg kicks, inside knees. Really beautiful job by Devin Clark, who won by uh, the unanimous decision. Moving our way into the flyaway division, we had Alex Perez. Going against Juicier Formiga, Alex Perez had the leg kicks from hell last night. He was just shocked Formiga down. Got the TKO via leg kicks. It's the second one in a row. Uh, pretty impressive stuff. Juicier Formiga was a top five uh, flyweight, so very impressive win again for Perez. Looking forward to what's next for him. We'll talk about that a little later in the fan Q&A section. Next, we had Charles Bird versus Mackie Patolo uh, from Hawaii. This one was, you know, it was okay in the first, and you know, kind of back and forth. The uh, the second round is really where Patolo put it on on Bird with the body shots, uh, really sunk him to the ground, finished him out with some standing GMP. It, it was a good performance by Patolo, particularly the second round. Then my favorite fight, and a lot of our favorite fights, I'm sure, at least from the prelims last night, was my man Cody Stamen. Uh, going against the tough Brian Kelleher. Cody Stamen, for those of you who don't know, just lost his brother unexpectedly. His 18-year-old brother just a few days ago. Uh, moved up to 145 for this one. Put on a great, especially the first two rounds. The third round was pretty close. But the first two rounds were all Stamen all the time. Great distance. Good shots landed. Excellent movement. Afterwards, you know, he let the emotions pour out. When Joe was interviewing him, they were both crying. Even Joe was breaking up. Then I started breaking up. And I put it I put it on Twitter and like all these different people were like, man, I started crying. I was like, yeah, me too. It was a really beautiful moment. Good on good on Cody Stamen for that performance. Uh way to be way to be a warrior, man. That was amazing. So and shout out to uh shout out to you being from Michigan as well, buddy. We love, we love you here. 
Uh, moving our next way to to next one to the middleweight division. Ian Hines, man, made quick work of the very tough Rufus Sport fighter Gerald Mershart with a first round TKO. He landed a nice overhand that stunned him up. Went uh, Gerald went to the ground and kind of shelled. Uh, Ian flurried and you know pounded on him until the referee had no choice in the first round to pull him out. That is not the way I expected that will go. That was one of the two that I got wrong on the prelims. Uh, then moving up to the the future prelim, which was the the long time uh, featherweight Alex Caceres versus the kid, the twenty year old man, the uh, the young upstart, the junior Ben Askren looking kid, Chase Hooper, uh, Alex Caceres, who has been in the been in the UFC for a long time, absolutely showed that there were levels to the game. Uh, Chase looked very. Uh, rudimentary. I believe they used that word last night on the on the broadcast as well. He looked like he was really uncomfortable on the feet. It stayed on the feet almost the entire time. Alex Caceres really pieced him up. Give Chase his due for staying in it and staying aggressive and trying to win, but he was just outclassed by the very experienced KG Bruce Leroy, also known as Alex Caceres, so good on him last night. Moving our way into the main card, which was awesome. By the way, <laughs> all of us who watched it was like, this, this was a fun, very fun card. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley going against Eddie Wineland in the Bantamweight division. Eddie Wineland, I've been watching since back in the WEC days. He is a good fighter. He is a tough guy. But Sugar Sean is on a whole nother level these days, everybody. This kid is growing into himself. He is looking so confident in there. Clearly, the leg injury has completely healed because his movement is fantastic. Sugar Sean, first round KO, straight right hand to Eddie Wineland, who, who has grown his mustache to look like a 1920s guy, and it looks amazing. Like one of the guys on like the opening of Cheers. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what he kind of reminds me of. But it didn't help him last night because Sugar Sean uh, came out and just blasted him. So fantastic performance by Sugar Sean O'Malley. Can't wait to see what's next for him in the stacked bantamweight division uh next we had kind of our only kind of a sort of let let down kind of like it was still a pretty decent fight but i just comparatively to the rest of the card the neil magny versus uh, anthony rocco martin just didn't quite live up to it neil was definitely in control uh he outlanded him 82 to 46 in the strikes outlanded um rocco martin on that one uh the, the best part that came out of this fight for me was uh, Shay by name <laughs> said she wants to make Anthony Rocco Martin's nickname Arm because it's A R M for his name. <laughs> I thought that was a great fucking nickname for the dude. So from here on out, Anthony Rocco Martin should be known as Arm. Shout out to Shannon and Shay by name. Good win for Neil Magny. Uh, like I said, it wasn't the most exciting fight in the world, but he got the good UD, clear UD. Uh, but we'll see what's next for him. So. Uh, then we moved on to the only one I got wrong, I believe, uh, on the on this card, which was Aljo, and, like just steamrolled through Corey Sandhagen. and I couldn't believe it. Got the first round rear naked choke in just ninety seconds. I picked Corey Sandhagen because he looks so good lately. Of course, Aljo is always somebody who is improving and somebody who is obviously at the very tippy top uh, of the one thirty five pound division. He absolutely, I think, earned his place for the. For the first shot of the title, Aljo looked, I mean, just unbelievable. When you need Blitzkrieg through somebody like Corey Sandhagen, who's that good, you absolutely deserve a shot uh, at the title. So, yeah. Uh, staying in the bantamweight, we had our Merc of the evening. <laughs> uh, Rafael Sunsau versus Cody Garbrandt. Garbrandt coming off uh, all the knockout losses in a row. We didn't know what car, you know, what Cody we would see against a tough veteran and Rafael Sunsau. 
But man, right. I mean, it was a pretty decent fight for the first couple of rounds, right? Both guys landed quite a bit. And then with like three seconds left in the second, Cody is against the fence, stands straight up in the air, gives him that look. You know what I mean? Like, what, do, what are you going to do? And then boom, right hook, sends a sunset out, starts onto the mat. Cody, fucking no love garbrandt back on the scene as of last night. I love seeing it. I love the swag right before just standing there again. I'm like the mean mother. Like, what, what are you going to do? And then bang, took him down. Oh my God. That was beautiful. Great win for Cody Garbrandt. Uh, you know, Rafael sun's out. No, you know, no, we all get caught. Right. I mean, that, there's no super shame in that. And we all know Cody Garbrandt smashes fools when he, when he's in form. Right. So, that was a beautiful fucking win for Cody Garbrandt. Uh, moving our way to the uh, to the championship fight of the night, the featherweight title was on the line. Amanda the Lioness Nunez, longtime double champ, you know, best female fighter in the world. And again, I always say with like a like small amendment, Valentina is right beneath there. But I still have Amanda's number one going against the tough Canadian Felicia Spencer. The Lioness did what the Lioness does, right? She she outlanded the very tough Spencer. 132 to 70. She had six takedowns to Spencer's none. All right. That's huge, dude. And a five round fight, six to zero uh, in takedowns. She tripped her. She pieced her up on the feet. Uh, you know, Spencer did a good job showing her toughness and being able to withstand, much like she did for most of the fight against Cyborg. But it, it was clear who was the varsity and who was the JV in this fight. You know what I'm saying? So Amanda Nunez, again, big win for her, retains the title. She She's just stacking up wins left and right. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what's next for her, but, you know, there's a great question uh, in, the, in the voicemail questions today about that. So we'll get to that a little bit later. So that was our recap of two, uh, 250 last night from the Apex Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, now we are going to – I'm going to vicariously go through Drea, or she's going to vicariously go through me. Either way, the, uh, Drea's drop of the night last night was absolutely Cody, no love, Garbrandt, just smoking. Uh, Rafael Sunsau, that was such a beautiful hook, completely landed flush, put him on the ground. It was a wrap on that one, right? So, Cody Garbrandt definitely gets Dre's drop of the night, read by Rhino this week, okay? With the Ford Abner back next week, for sure. We all we all love you, Drea. Uh, chin up, my friend. So, we are now going to rock and roll into our Twitter questions which I am a little out of sorts in reading and then answering, but I'm going to do my best. I'm a professional. What are you going to do? All right. So our first question comes from my dear homie, Ryan, the mixed man up in Minnesota way. Uh, he asks, what's next for Sugar Sean? So I absolutely uh, was looking at the rankings, looking at some of the matchups. He needs to have somebody who is considerably higher than him. I think he's earned that. I think he is that talented. His trajectory is super-duper high. So the two names that I came up with, my friend Ryan, that I would love to see next are Cody Stamen, who said he's going back to 35 after last night's By the Way win, <clears throat> or Rob Font, or as I love to say on the show, Rob Font. I think both of those, obviously, Cody and Sean both won last night. Rob Font would be a great matchup. Uh, these are both things. They're they're higher ranked than Sean. They both provide different kinds of uh, problems for Sugar Sean O'Malley. Really, really good tests for him. So again, Cody Stamen or Rob Fawn, one of those two guys, or who I'd like to see go uh, against Sugar Sean next, and that'll answer some more questions for us about 
is this kid, you know, when is he going to be ready for a title shot? So on and so forth. So, yeah, great question, my friend. Hope you're staying safe up there and all is good. Uh, next comes from my buddy Brian from the Holman's at Holman Sale. Uh, what do I think about or how do I feel about the fights being in the Apex Center with no uh, with no guests? So, obviously, it's not my first choice. Um, I prefer there to be a crowd. I wouldn't mind, and I think I talked about this on the uh, Split Decision podcast a couple weeks ago. I wouldn't mind. I don't mind the way these already, obviously, but I, I, I would kind of like... Like 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 maybe two hundred people, right? So put like put like one hundred fifty, two hundred people. Make sure everybody's socially distanced. They can wear you know masks inside. Uh, there was a there was a pro boxing fight in Nicaragua a few weeks ago, and everybody did that. And it was just a, it was just a couple hundred people, but it really it felt intimate. But it also felt like there was enough crowd noise to kind of have reactions to really add to it. So I think you could do that in the Apex Center, and it be kind of feel like the Ultimate Fighter, but maybe the Ultimate Fighter plus. The contender series, kind of, you know what I mean? Just, just that 150, 200 people could really make a big difference, I think. So, and I think you could do that safely. So that would be, that would be what I would do to change it if I could. But I still like it the way it is. But obviously, I prefer some crowd noise there. So, great question, my friend. Thank you so much for asking it. Uh, our first question, D Reigns, I know comes from my dear friend Dave Fretz. Dave, this week I am calling you Dave the Savior Fretz, and you know why. So. Uh, at Dave Fretz and at, Dave, uh, at Solo Shoes, the man is the Einstein of graphic design. He does my posters. He, he can do uh, your shoes for you, put graphic design on them. He can make anything graphic design that you need. He is the man. And D Reigns, what does D Fretz have for us this week? Hey, what's going on, Ronald? It's uh, Dave Fretz uh, from at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, just finished watching the Formiga. Perez fight, and man, how about Alex Perez? Two events back-to-back with TKO leg kicks. So impressive. Comes in at number nine into that fight. Um, love to see where he moves up. Uh, Formega's four or five. I'm not sure what where he was in the rankings, but I know he was up there in the top five somewhere. Anywhere. Uh, anyways, I'm wondering what you think uh, is next for Perez and where he moves to in the rankings, and who do you think would be a good matchup for him next. Um, it's looking really impressive. I mean, you don't want to rush rush the kid, but man, he just amazing ring control, amazing at executing that game plan and those leg kicks. Uh, and it looks hard to stop at this point. Anyways, man, peace. Yeah, dude, Alex Perez is clearly on the upswing. So I, again, I, I would love to see him against Brandon Moreno, dude. That's the fight to make at, in that division. Brandon Moreno and Alex Perez will bring the fireworks, okay? They're both coming off wins over Formiga. They're exciting, young, talented, explosive fighters. Um, they're, they're experienced, you know what I mean? And I just I think that would be such a great matchup. So, yes, for me, Alex Perez, going, you know, let's match him up with uh, Brandon Moreno. That's the fight that I really want to see next for him. So I think everybody would love it, too. Uh, our next one comes from my dear friend, my favorite vegan, my homie Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast. And D-Reigns, what does Juice have for us today? Hey, Rhino. It's Juicy Baby from the Fighting With Myself podcast. And I want to talk about Amanda Nunes. Uh, it's clear that her um, competition is running out. And I don't mean in terms of people who compete with her. I just mean literally bodies for her to fight. She's just about fought at everybody. 
Um, now, as our boxing guy in the, in the MMA community, I want to get your thoughts on a fight with Clarissa Shields. Everyone seems to be talking about that. She was asked about this actually at the post-fight presser when she fought Durandamy, saying she was like, I'm an MMA fighter. Come at your MMA. I'm going to wrestle the shit out of you. She literally said that. She said, I'm going to wrestle the shit out of you. Um, and uh, so she has no interest in going to box, and nor do I have any interest in seeing that. I would, however, be interested in a kickboxing match or perhaps Muay Thai, something that's a middle ground, maybe a mixed rules fight where they allow one takedown per round or something. Give me your thoughts. Love the show. Uh, another great question from my dear friend, Juice. Uh, of course, in an MMA bout, Amanda smashes Clarissa. Vice versa in a traditional boxing match. <clears throat> I think any kickboxing, mixed rules, Muay Thai, whatever you want to call it, Amanda wins seven or eight out of ten times. Boxing, which is what Clarissa Shields has been doing for forever, is so specific, specific, in particular defensively, dude. Like, you learn where to put your arms, where to put your neck, where to put your chin, where to put your head, specific to what you can do in boxing. And you learn that, and someone as high level as she is, particularly through her Olympic run, um, it's really hard to break out of those things particularly when you're in a fight, right? Like it'd be different in sparring or training and you could learn how to kick and you could learn how to throw an elbow or whatever, but defensively it is just so difficult. It would take such a long time and a lot of experience with like lower level fighters than Amanda Nunes to learn how to actually apply those into the cage or ring. If you know, it's different, man, it's just different elbows, kicks, knees in front of a trip or a takedown. Uh, Amanda has the advantage in all of these things. So yeah, I just don't see anything other than a traditional boxing match going Clarissa Shields' way. Any other rules combined combat fight between the two of them, Amanda Nunes all day long. So great question, my friend Juice. If you guys don't already, please check out the Fighting With Myself podcast. It is fantastic. Oh, and I think I forgot to shout out Solo Shoes. So Dave Fretz, uh, you can go to him there at Dave Fretz, both on Twitter and Instagram. Or at Solo Shoes. I don't. I definitely don't want to be remiss to leave that out. And definitely check out my boy Juice on the Fighting with Myself podcast. So we have now gotten into our picks for Fight Night next, next week's UFC card. Fight Night I versus Calvillo. I'm gonna rock and roll through these pretty quickly. Uh, I got my main man Jordan, the native psycho Griffin, former uh, interviewee of Combat Sports Rhino, going against Derek Miner. I got a UD for Jordan. I think he's going to be too tough, too experienced, going to keep him on the outside. Jordan Griffin, for sure. Unanimous decision. Tyson Nam versus Ryan Benoit. I definitely got Tyson Nam uh, also by unanimous decision. Julia Avia versus Gina Mazzani. I've got uh, Julia winning by third round TKO. That is third round TKO for Julia Avia over Gina Mazzani. Then I got Boston Strong, Charles Rosa, going against the very tough Kevin Aguilar. I think this one has the potential to be a fucking barn burner. I think they can negate each other uh, on the ground, so I think it's going to be a stand-up. I've got Charles Rosa getting a second-round TKO over Kevin Aguilar. Then we have Melissa Gatto versus Mara. Is it Marley? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think this is going to be a really good, like, close Split decision win for Gato. So I've got Gato over Agapova. Uh, moving into the main card, we got Jordan Espinoza. I think he's going to beat uh, De La Rosa by second round Darce. I'm calling my shot on this one. Espinoza with a second round Darce 
over De La Rosa. Then we got my main man, Andre Touchy Feely, long time uh, alpha, <coughs> excuse me, one long time alpha male product going against Charles Jordan. I think Touchy Feely is an exciting fighter. I love watching him on the feet. Uh, tough Polynesian dude. Third round TKO, I think, is where Feely is going to get Jordan. Uh, moving on to Ray Borg, the one time uh, 125 tunnel contender. Uh, going against the tough Mirab Deshvi. Um, Juice is going to kill me for this one. Devashvili. I think I got it. <laughs> I got Ray Borg's experience seeing him through. I got him uh, with a close decision over Mirab uh, in that one. Moving on to the middleweight division, we got Mart or Mar Marvin, excuse me, uh, Vittori versus Carl Robertson. Uh, this one was supposed to happen weeks ago. Carl pulled out. Uh, I don't know if because he wasn't feeling well. It was a bad weight cut. Whatever it was. Uh, Vittori confronted him in the lobby of the hotel. And these two definitely have bad blood. I got Vittori by second round TKO. I think he is the bigger puncher. I think he has confidence in spades. I think he is over the moon as far as his confidence right now. So, yes, I got him going over uh, Roberson by a second round TKO. Then we got Jessica Evil Eye versus Cynthia Calvillo. <laughs> it's a tough spot when you're a podcaster and you don't like either of the people in the main event, but you got to pick one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really care for either one of these uh, fighters, to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not high on their attitude. I'm not high on their skill set. Just not, right? So um, just by having to pick one, I'm going to take Jessica Evil Eye over Cindy Calvillo by unanimous decision. So... Yeah, begrudgingly, I got that one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's our picks for next week's fight night in uh, in Las Vegas. We are definitely super duper honored to have had Gray Maynard come on the show for ten rounds with Rhino. So, without further ado, please check out my interview with Gray Maynard here now on CSWR. Combat sports with Rhino fans, we have got ourselves quite the special treat today. You want to talk about a stalwart of the 155-pound division over the last 10 years or so. We are talking the bully. We are talking Gray the Bully Maynard, former MSU standout wrestler, tough competitor, long-time 155 stud UFC fighter. Gray Maynard, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Appreciate you having me. Oh, dude, we are we are over the moon to have you. I know you stepped in late replacement, as the great fighters often do, and I can't tell you how much... We appreciate it. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in as we love to do at CSWR. Uh, round one with 10 rounds with Rhino is almost always the same for everybody because I love to hear the story. How, in fact, did you get started in MMA, Gray? Yeah, graduated college, 03. Um, then I moved out to Arizona to train for the Olympic team in 2004. And, uh, you know, that's a tough road. So, um, uh, kind of, kind of figured it was, it was about time to call it quits. Uh, and I came back to Vegas, started working, doing real estate. Um, you know, really wanted to keep training, you know, just because, um, that's what I've been doing since I was, uh, three years old. Sure. Joined a couple jujitsu there was only a couple of jujitsu gyms like back in Oh five Oh six. And, um, uh, got with Cobra Kai and just went in there and started 
like kind of screwing around with with uh, jujitsu and and um, you know back then uh, the guys on the team um, that weren't even in the UFC yet were Kendall Grove, Troy Mandalones, um, uh, Jason Miller, um, uh, Phil Baroni. He was in the UFC, but uh, absolutely. Jay Huron. I mean, there was just like there's probably more guys. I'm just kind of kind of coming up short. That's already, that's already quite the yeah. That's already quite yeah. the list. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, everybody was just trying to get in, trying to make it. And um, uh, there's a lot of Hawaiians, you know, training and and just really loved how um, you know to have a person that uh, three time three-time All-American, you know, to, to kind of, kind of teach them takedowns and, and, um, word got back to, um, BJ Penn. He called me up to fly me down to, to help him train for Rodrigo Gracie. And, uh, he had a fight in Japan. So I flew down there for about three weeks, you know, helped him out, um, kind of got into MMA you know, a little bit more like, oh, this is, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And then, um, came home and, and, you know, I talked to my boss and, uh, he helped, he coached me throughout, um, uh, you know, my childhood. And, uh, he's like, you know what, if, you know, if you're going to compete, just do it right now. Don't, you know, don't talk about it. And, and, and so I quit my job and, uh, um, the, the wrestling tournament was out here, Cliff Keen, and I was having dinner with Kevin Vogel. He's up there too. Um, yeah. big wrestling guy. And, he, uh, he was a, a big Greco guy. And I was, uh, you know, I remember I was eating with him and, and, uh, told him like, I think I'm going to get into MMA. And right then he called up Couture and Couture's like, I'm, you know, I'm here in town. Let's bring him in. So right then I, I, I jumped in with Couture. He was training at the, uh, he was training at the tough gym for, um, uh, Chuck Liddell fight and Forrest Griffin was over there. Jay Huron was over there. Alex Schonauer, Pyle. Um, there was just a, you know, who's who, Yeah. you know, of, of probably about 10, 12 guys you know, and just started training there. And that's when, uh, you know, I never looked back and that's when I got into it. That's amazing, dude. There was, there was a lot of names for guys who got into it really heavy when I got into it that I'm like, really, you trained with him. Oh, really? He was there. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, Yeah. those of us in our age group, man, that's a, that really is a who's who about that time period. So you talked about it a little bit. It's crazy. My amateur fight, I fought an amateur fight up in Oregon on Couture's uh, show sport fight. And, uh, me and Evan Dunham, we fought like our amateur fight. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. He just had a, he just had a fight. He lost, uh, I think last, last night. night. Yeah, but last night too, you know, it was crazy. Brother. Yeah. We look <laughs> back on it and it's like, man, that's crazy. We, we fought amateur. You know, I know that's so funny, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. He literally just fought last night when I was, researching for your interview i was like holy shit they fought the Abbeys!" like i had no idea um so that's a great way to transition into my second question great so obviously you were a super high level wrestler at msu um 
what was some of the differences when so because people talk about there's there's wrestling and then there's wrestling for MMA or there's boxing and there's boxing for MMA. Just right. for my listeners' sake and for mine, because I'm pretty, you know, I need I need to learn a lot a lot more about the grappling game too. What what are some of the key differences between uh, wrestling, i.e., you know, amateur wrestling or wrestling for MMA? Um, how you you know how you make it work for MMA? Um, if you look at wrestling, you know, I think it's a great sport for kids to. To, to kind of start with too is um, because it teaches you about your body. It teaches you how to put your mind to your hands, your feet all at once. And um, you know, it's really a full body uh, sport, you know, and you go on the mat and uh, you're pretty much, it's just you, you train with the team, but you know, you're going, you're going, like on the mat and uh you know it teaches about confidence it teaches about the work you put in is the work you get out and uh you know it's it's a great sport for kids but uh transferring all that a lot of that just transfers kind of naturally just just knowing how you compete without a team uh confidence you know also understanding when you get into boxing you have to put the work in and and uh but Wrestling, um, usually you're in a lower stance. You got Greco, you're a little bit taller stance because you can't go below the waist. Right. Um, but uh, you really have to learn a little bit more about clinches. Um, you also have to learn about like not keeping your head down to where uh, you're getting caught in the guillotine chokes. Um there's a little bit of transition, but with the right amount of work, you know, it's easy to do, um, you know, but uh, it's it's basically um, you, you kind of have to change a little bit more to a Greco style because you are standing up because you have to defend punches and kicks. And, um, you know, if you had a low stance, it'd be a lot different. But uh you know, it's just it's just changing up to where you're not hitting your knee on a shot. Um, you're you're being a little bit more careful about getting your head in a spot to where you can get guillotine choked or choked out. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of body locks, a lot of um, a lot of high double legs, you know, and uh, yeah. So there's a lot of nuance differences, but basically you get your base from the AMI wrestling training that you get, and then you just need to oh, yeah. you just need yeah. to learn you just need to learn the the nuance differences between the two, which 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 we're saying is good coaching is able to provide you with that. Right, you know, and 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 you just get your base from you know like amateur by by wrestling. Right. You know right. how to how to learn these new moves and how to change it up. These small details, because you've trained your body to use every inch, you know, and put your mind to that to where, you know, you have a match on Thursday night and um, you watch that tape and it's like, wait, I got to change this up and you got to change it up for a Saturday. You have to be prepared to to make those adjustments. Gotcha. The uh, yeah, it's 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 not exactly similar to the transition between amateur boxing into regular into pro boxing because right. the the biggest difference is that it's it's still a lot of the same style but it's scored completely differently. 
Uh, it's oh, longer. yeah. You know, the maximum you go is nine. It's it's six minutes because it's three yeah. twos. And then the yeah. minimum you go in pro is four threes. So there's a big difference in, you know, controlling your breathing and how much output and, you know, all kinds uh, of stuff like that. Because it's pretty it's pretty frantic. You know, and then when you want to get into that detail, of course, you have to change your energy system because we're talking about in college, you have a three two two. You know, you have to pace your you have to create a little bit more of a pace, uh, your breathing, of course, um, you know, in distance because wrestling, you're usually pretty close, close quarters, you know, but with boxing, you got to understand distance and then you start adding the takedowns. You got to understand even more distance. Absolutely. dude. And so, how to control that. Right. Yeah. That's, that's great insight. I really appreciate you, uh, you answering that one as thoroughly as you did. That was awesome. Uh, so basically, you know, the, I would say, and this is a pretty fair statement. I think you'll agree with the, the Frankie Edgar trilogy is probably what most fans associate you with. Right. But right. you've got some, you've got some great wins over some outstanding 55ers over time. Dennis yeah. Seaver, Roger Huerta, Jim Miller, Nate Diaz, and Frankie Edgar, of course, is there one fight of yours that you like stands out for you as your favorite or like most satisfying in your UFC career? Um, you know, uh, the first Edgar fight was pretty good. It was in Colorado. You know, we were both, uh, we were both kind of coming up and I remember I broke my hand in round one and, you know, had an eye injury and it was just, uh, you know, it was one of those ones, you know, to where it was a gut check and, and, uh, you know, you kept going and, uh, I came out on top and then, um, uh, Jim Miller, he was, he was a tough opponent. Um, you know, and it came together nice. It was a good camp and, and, uh, um, just got to, to be able to show more of my, more of my boxing skills. Um, yeah. Uh, Diaz was a great win because he beat me on the TV show, you know, and then, um, you know, I really wanted that one back and um, really put in a good camp and, and kind of knew what I had to do, you know, to beat him. You know, the yeah. Diaz's are, are, you know, tough guys, you know, to beat and, you know, tough guys more tough guys to go up against and yeah hundred uh, percent yeah um you know there there's there's a lot of good ones and and uh you know i guess you can go back to each of them and just just kind of go through like what happened and you know there's a story to every training camp there's a story to every uh you know to every competition and right and um it's it's uh you know, I always liked hearing stuff about Couture and, and he would tell us the stories and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting life I've left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, yeah. great. We're switching gears a little bit. I know like myself, you are a dog guy, right? I, I remember yeah, watching, yeah. I remember watching, uh, one of the, it was, it was maybe an embedded or it might even have been a countdown where yeah. you and uh, one of the dogs were out on a hike or walk. Uh, how many dogs do you have right now and what kind of dogs are, do we, do we have at the Maynard, uh, estate? Yeah. So, um, I always had bull terriers, you know, oh, okay. the Spuds McKenzie dog, yeah. the target dog. <laughs> I actually ended up getting a bull terrier when I was in college, um, 
uh, my last year in college, uh, you know, it was, um, uh, kind of a rescue dog. It kind of took him, uh, from a place where he was, he was neglected and, uh, he was, he was, um, he was definitely a handful. Uh, he was a little dog aggressive and, and just had to work with him a lot to be a good dog. But, um, uh, he, he was a bully, you know, he was, yeah. he was a bull terrier, but he was a bully. And we used to play a, um, like a soccer game, like at state to where, um, uh, we would do that in preseason where, you know, the whole team would train, you know, and we play soccer and wrestle and like, you know, it was a rough game. And my dog, Hank, he would, uh, he was just fearless about, he just wanted the ball. That's all he cared about. And he would literally take out heavyweights, you know, going after this ball, <laughs> you know, and everybody, you know, it became a joke because I trained really hard, you know, and everybody, a lot of guys were kind of, um, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but, you know, a lot of guys didn't want to train with me because when practice started, you know, like I went hard and sure. practice was over. We could, we could hang out and, you know, laugh, but regardless, you know, I, I, uh, train pretty hard and, and, uh, um, you know, people didn't really appreciate that or like that, you know, so kind of came up with a nickname, you know, the bully because, because of my dog, because of me, you know, it just kind of stuck. Yeah. But we've always uh, had bull terriers and we got a bull terrier like right now. <laughs> What's his name or was his or her name? Her name's Ola. Ola, very, very cool. Yeah, we let our um, two and a half year old daughter name her, and that's the the word. Uh, she, uh, that's the only word like she knew in Spanish, you know. And she's like, "Hola, hola, I want hola." And I was like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> you can't argue with the two year old. <laughs> right, and it's a great it's a great story for many years to come. I, I you know, I'm yeah. always going to be like, "Why would you name?" Oh, that's okay. I get it. It's okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When you when you were starting out, great. I mean, I know one thing that uh, we as pros have to do when we first really get going or we're making the transition um, from amateur into pro is you you find guys whose style you like, or you find guys whose attitude you like, or the way that they you know, conduct themselves. Was there an early on in your career? Was there a guy you really looked at and you were like, yeah, this guy's doing it right with the work ethic and the attitude and everything else that you were like, that's the kind of fighter I kind of want to be like. Yeah. Couture, he was my guy. Um, he kind of took me under his wing, uh, you know, and I just liked his attitude. Um, you know, the way he was on TV was the way he was like all the time. You right. know, just just a good guy. Uh, he was a competitor, um, you know, and I know that's part of the sport is is, uh, um, you know, being flamboyant and, uh, you know, just being out there. But, you know, I like the fact that Couture, he didn't do that. And, um, you know, he 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 got his name off of how he competed and how he conducted himself and and uh he's just a a great guy you know everybody else who i didn't know um you know gsps and and 
whoever else coming up, um, you know, I always wanted to compete. Those were competitors, you know, right. and I didn't look up to them, but I looked at stuff that they did and I liked it, you know, and yeah. I tried yeah. to take that, you know, uh, so if you weren't part of my team, you know, like I felt as if you're a competitor, you know, and, um, but I would also study tapes and, and, and try to pick out stuff that, um, people would do right. People would do wrong and, and, uh, just be a, just be a student of the game. Yeah, dude, I, I completely agree with, with, with your stance on that. I was a little, I had a little bit different experience. I was, uh, obsessed with James lights out Tony my entire yeah. childhood and into getting into boxing like he he was who I wanted to be like and I knew he wasn't he wasn't a peer you know what I mean he was yeah. way above what I was ever going to be but uh he was who I'd really tried to learn from and emulate I loved his style and his how good defensively that he was and I yeah. ended up being I ended up never really being a very good defensive fighter and I was <laughs> yeah. just kind of a brawler so when I won yeah. I won by I won in a brawl nothing like James Tony but then as things happen in life, you know, I got to be a, a sparring partner for him for his last fight, which was actually at uh, EMU uh, in yeah. Ypsilanti's Convocation Center. I got to be a part of his camp, and that was a whole yeah. really cool experience. That was, yeah, that was amazing. But Randy Couture, man, if you don't like him, you got you got your priorities wrong. That guy, yeah. the guy was amazing in every uh, every facet of the game. So, uh, Gray, you already answered my uh, bully question because that was on there too. Like, what was the origin story of the bully? So you got to kill two birds with one stone uh, on that one. Yeah, if uh, anybody meets me, I'm I'm probably the most humble, nicest guy, you know. And I stick up for people who who get bullied. You know, I always have. And right. but um, you know, it just came because of of how I train and, and, and when I get my eyes kind of fixated into yeah. a goal, like nothing stops me and, and I'll, I'll run over anybody I have to, to get that, you know, and like, especially in the practice room, you know, or competition. And, uh, you know, I just hoped that a lot of people wouldn't, you know, take that, kind of as like a bully bully you know no i don't think yeah we all got yeah. to see you we all get to see you in the tough out that's that's yeah. not your way at all it was just more of a of a serious yeah uh, nose to the grindstone kind of no yeah. one ever thought you were an asshole you've never come off like that and let me tell the listeners at home uh gray and i have a mutual friend and uh he has had nothing but praise about what a kind nice good dude gray maynard is so i assure you the bully is just about his training style and how he fights in no way reflects on his personality at all and i definitely yeah, co-sign on that. that you bet man um so as my listeners of combat sports rhino gray they love every time i interview somebody i always include at least one food question because i, I okay. love food a lot of the people on time i love to post stuff about food so um yeah here's my food question for you after weight cutting is over the fight's over You've been, you know, you've been depleted for a long time. Now you can completely indulge in a meal, your favorite meal. Where right. are you going and what are you getting? Oh, man, we we are we are big foodies. Um, you know, my wife, uh, she got her degree. Um, uh, she went to master's school in uh, um, like basically to be a holistic doctor, how to heal people through nutrition, how oh, to heal okay. people through kind of lifestyle change. So we do have a food Nazi in the house, um, but, you know, we, we eat really clean and uh, the kids eat clean. But, 
you know, a lot of people kind of take that as, okay, we plain chicken and broccoli, you know, but that is far from what we eat. I mean, we eat, um, you know, juicy steaks and, and, and we have great breakfasts and, and we, we just use good ingredients and, uh, you know, it's all directed towards our health and, and, um, you know, to feeling as good as possible. But, um, you, you know, again, nothing can, can, you know, beat just a nice steak with, uh, you know, a little bit of Brussels sprouts, a little bit of cauliflower mashed potatoes. Well, not mashed potatoes, but cauliflower. Yeah, mashed cauliflower. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, uh, we put a little bit of, you know, butter on it, raw butter, uh, cook. I'm a big rare guy. You know, I'll, I'll eat it rare. And, um, you know, you just can't beat a good steak, a good quality steak and, and, uh, you know, a glass of wine or a beer, um, you know, and just enjoy the company and enjoy the food and, and, uh, you know, live life to the fullest. Absolutely, man. Um, so as far as like, so you, Grace, Grace, you are still, you are still active. You are still competing. You're still looking for your next fight. Do we do we have any idea about when that might be? Have you heard anything from Dana or the Brass um, over yeah. the UFC? What do we What do we know? No, so I parted ways with the UFC um, after my last fight. Um, okay. So we've been taking, you know, I took a little time off after that because my wife was still in her school. She was doing the master's degree, and uh, we still had a little baby and. Uh, you know, just, just took a little bit of time off, um, you know, did some coaching, did clinics, a lot of, um, you know, a little bit of traveling and, uh, you know, it was, it was basically, let's get through a little bit of the personal stuff to where, um, to where, you know, if, and when I do go back, you know, I can concentrate on training. So as of now, um, uh, before COVID hit, um, you know, it was, it was getting to that point to where I was like, all right, maybe we start checking, you know, for a fight and, and, um, you know, uh, so, but then COVID hit and it's completely changed up the game and, um, you know, we'll see, you know, I'm not, I'm not stressing about it. And, and, um, you know, these last, one fight, two fights, three fights, you know, are going to be more for me, you know, and just enjoying it because, uh, it's a great sport and, and, uh, you know, I've really had a great time and, and, uh, you know, I never really wanted to retire in the UFC, you know, I wanted to, cause pretty much I've been with them my whole career right? You know, and I wanted to, to check out what really got me into it a long time ago was pride. Pride was, was one of those uh, shows where it was like, wow. Oh, without <laughs> wanna... a question, dude. <laughs> what? I said, without question, man. It was, oh, pride, dude. was pride never die, man. Yeah. Watching that show was really one of those, um, you know, experiences to where, uh, you know, you're like, this is awesome. They could do soccer <laughs> kicks and the entrances right. and the audience. It was just, it was really unbelievable. 
And before I was on the TV show, I had a chance to go on Pride to fight Aoki. And um, uh, his opponent pulled out about two weeks before, you know, and the Japanese, like, um, Japanese kind of promotions, they, they did it a little bit different. They'd probably call about three or four guys. Hey, you want this fight? You want this fight? You want this fight? And, you know, people would probably agree to it. Like, yeah, okay, it's on, it's on, it's done. And so, you know, I thought it was done and, and, uh, you know, kind of getting like all my stuff in, all my stuff in order. And, and, um, uh, they called me like the week of, or called the guy who was, who was kind of hooking it up. And they're like, no, we're going to go, we're going to go on another guy. And, uh, that's what they did. But, but, but that was my one opportunity. You know, I wish it would have came through. Yeah, man. I did, yeah. First of all, I had no idea that that's how Pride uh, did business at that time. That's A. And then B, uh, yeah. Sh- Shinya Aoki would have been, what a fight. I mean, the guy probably has, yeah. the best, probably has the best guard in the history of mixed martial arts um, mm-hmm. and is a, was a really huge name at the time. But, you know, like they say, everything happens for a reason. And yeah. then, like I said, you're still going, dude. You're still tired. They're yeah. still re- you know, the guy I had on last week, uh, fighter Devin Powell, uh, he's talking to Ryzen right now. He said he was very interested in fighting over there. I know Ryzen's got some great uh, promotions that they're running over there right now, some great fight yeah. cards. So, you know, being a free agent has some pretty advantageous aspects to it. So we yeah. can see you. We can see you anywhere next, which is fucking amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, great. We have rocked our way into our final question. Round 10. You hit All round right. 10 with Rado. Yes, sir. Usually it's kind of a wild card question, but. Uh, for you, I just you've had such an interesting career already, and you you know you know you've done TV and you've done the Tough House and you know you've coached on the Ultimate Fighter and you've coached in, you know in regular life. There's been so many things that you've done. In, in five years, theoretically, you know you'll be you'll be done fighting, competing and fighting. What do you yeah. see yourself doing in five? Like what's like five years from now when, when you and I are both 46? Yeah. <laughs> what what is what yeah. is the bully going to be doing? Do you think at that point? Um. So, of course, I'll be coaching wrestling, coaching MMA, helping out anybody I can. But uh, really, my wife and I, like our goals are to get a lot of information out there about health. Right? Oh, great. Um, we'll be starting up a website here soon and, and, and just general health, a little bit of MMA, um, you know, like an example is, is you know, uh, probably brain health, right? Helping pro athletes with, with really taking care of their brain. You know, there's ways to heal your brain. There's ways to make it better. There's ways not to have long-term damage. Um, you know, but, but a lot of people don't have this information because you're too busy training. You're too busy stuck in this sport. And that's really been my last, our last, uh, five, seven years is, um, even 10 years is, is just really coming up with these, um, you know, how to train, right. How to live, right. How to eat, right. Um, you know, how to, you know, biohacks, how to, to help your body, how to help your mind. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, we can always kind of talk about, oh yeah, if you do this, this, and this, you, you know, you're going to live longer. And, and, and I mean, nobody can guarantee that, but it's, it's not about 
that it's more about trying to live better right try to have a more of a quality life you know and um we really feel like uh you know my wife is uh a genius with all this stuff and and you know i'm kind of a guinea pig and and uh we have a lot of information to get out there and that's that's probably you know going to be our task is 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 trying to get it out to people Oh, dude. Well, let me just tell you, not only from a like a fan perspective, but from an actual former pro uh, fighter myself. And like I said, I haven't completely closed the door from doing it again, but probably I'm probably retired. Not sure. But, uh, you know, I, I had a 10 year long career, three years in the amateurs before that. And I worry about I worry about brain health and long term quality of life every day. Yeah. That's something I think about and I'm concerned about. So I, I really appreciate that. That's the avenue you guys have decided to explore together. I will absolutely be following it and uh, writing down information, and um, I really look forward to seeing what, what you guys come out with over the next few years, and if I can implore it into my own life, and I'm sure lots of other people are too, whether you're a former fighter or not, so uh, Gray, yeah. I gotta tell you, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on the show today, you stepped in like a champ does, I can't tell you that, like, how awesome that interview went, they flew by, that was already a, a half an hour, I mean, that was just, it, yeah. felt, like five, it felt like five minutes, so, yeah, uh, man. again, dude, Thank you again so much. Um, we'll go ahead and get we'll get the post the promo poster put out right away, and then we'll yes, get sir. the uh, the show link in a couple hours, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, I again, great. I appreciate you too. Thanks so much for being on, Greg. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, this is Greg the Bully Maynard. I just went ten rounds with Rhino. Like I know I say it every week, and I'm I'm guessing sometimes people get tired of hearing it, but it's true. Having these guys on who I've watched for years, who I've you know studied, have emulated, have talked about, and, and gals too, it's not just the guys. I am always just so impressed with how they're able to, to, to share their stories and to let us get to know them on like a personal level and let us know into their thoughts. And what a cool thing him and his wife are doing as far as worrying about fighter and people, just regular people. Health and safety uh, and brain health and getting into a better position for a higher quality of life down the road. I mean, what a cool, what a cool endeavor to uh, to get into. So shout out to Gray and to his wife. This is amazing. That was an amazing uh, talk, getting an interview with you, dude. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we are now careening to the end of our show. We've got our shout outs to give. I want to thank everybody who did a question today. My man, Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz, at Solo Shoes, Twitter and Instagram. My boy Juice, my favorite vegan numero uno, who uh, loves to fuck with me when I mispronounce someone's name. So I'm sure I've got a couple of needles coming my way later out there. Uh, my boy Brian from the Holman Sale class for his question. And then, of course, Ryan, the mixed man, for his coming in uh, via Twitter. I definitely want to say shout out to Drea, my feature player. I know you're gone this week and you were definitely missed. We look forward to having you back next week. Uh, rest in peace, a little smoky, the the beautiful little dog that, that passed. We 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 hope she, he is up in the great yard in the sky playing with hundreds of other dogs, getting all kinds of love as I believe dog heaven goes. So my man, Dave Rains, my engineer with the most, thank you so much to all my friends and family and everybody in the Rhino gang, gang, gang. Thanks so much for listening this week. We've had a ton of new listeners due to the follow train and just everything else. So we're going to keep bringing the best we can every week to make this show better and better. I loved my interview this week. Look forward to next week. we got another really cool guest on board for next week, which everyone I think is going to be stoked on. I'm certainly happy about it. Thank you to all my friends and family. 
Thank you to everybody in the world who is standing up for what they believe in. There are still injustices in this world for members of our of our of our human race, man. There are, and we who are not, if we're silent, we're not helping. The we're not helping, right? Um, I, I want everybody to re- remember that if there's injustice for some, there's injustice for all. We we have to stand together. I love all you guys. Let's be safe. Let's stay home. Let's let's practice social distancing when we can. Everybody, be cool. Be safe. I love you guys. And we will see you next week, K-Side.